The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 3rd, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am going to be running through a very juicy seven-game NBA DFS slate for this evening, and it is my weekly solo show, so... uh, We will walk through, look at pace of play, look at uh, defensive rating. If there's any uh, player news that's come out, then uh, we will also review that. But as we get started here, though, I would like to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. I'm actually drinking a delicious French roast cup of Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee right now. Um, we, I am doing the show the day of in the morning as opposed to the night before like we usually do. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a little bit more up-to-date information, player news, all of that kind of stuff. Um, all right. Uh, we, uh, as far as how uh, I did want to mention Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, you can either uh, go to their website at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, uh, order through them direct. Or, I, you know, for me, the easiest is always going right through Amazon. You just a couple of clicks, and it is literally at your doorstep the next day. So uh, really recommend those guys. They are the best. All right, like I said, we have a seven-game slate. Uh, looks like we have um, it spread out through the entire evening, a couple of early games. We do have uh, mid uh evening game and then a late night sweat game. So it should be uh, some really good contests out there. I know, uh, you know, football grabs a lot of the DFS action a lot of times on uh, Sundays and sometimes Mondays with Monday night football, but you'll see a a lot uh, spike back up in NBA uh, Tuesday through, uh, through the week. So uh, the NBA has done a good job this week too. There's not, uh, you know, crazy swings of games where you have one or two games and then 15 games. So got a lot of good slates like tonight with a seven-gamer that should uh, get us right into play. Okay, let's go right straight for the first game. It is a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard game. It's the Detroit Pistons at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Detroit 7-13, and 13, Cleveland 5-14. and 14. Uh, Cleveland is somewhat of a dumpster fire. We all know that. They are not playing well. They're very, very young, playing uh, basically three rookies a good portion of the time. And Detroit's starting to get it together a bit with Blake Griffin back, and uh, their their team is getting healthy again. Uh, just Reggie Jackson remains out, but the rest of the squad is uh, pretty much up and going. Um, from a pace of play standpoint, uh, let's, let's take a look here. Detroit is now sitting all the way down to 26, which isn't surprising because, uh, they have with Reggie out, especially have been playing a lot of half court sets, uh, where they're getting those, uh, 
coming off the curl jumpers from Kennard or else uh, Griffin's running sort of a point forward spot and moving the ball around or else they're just pounding it uh, into Drummond. So they are definitely a slower paced team uh, as the day goes. They've slid all the way down to 26th. So something to, uh, you know, be wary of. And Cleveland is 24th. So this is not going to be a high possession, uh, high scoring game from base from the pace, which definitely has to give you con- some concern without question. Uh, the only other aspect that makes it a little bit more palatable is on the defensive efficiency side. Detroit is 20th and Cleveland is 24th. So, you know, that that creates a situation where <clears throat> there are, you know, there could be somebody that goes off and uh, even with a low over under that really could cause some trouble here. Um, personally, for me, though, uh, this is not going to be a game that I'm going to focus on. I know Drummond is a monster. Uh, Cleveland's interior defense is is bad, really bad. Um, you know, they, they're undersized. They really don't have anybody to match up with Drummond. Uh, you know, they'll throw Tristan Thompson and a bunch of guys uh, to try to double them inside. Um, but, you know, this is a smash spot for Drummond. There's no question about it. I think he'll be super highly owned. I'm just concerned of the pace of play and the fact that Griffin is supposed to get big, uh, bigger minutes tonight. And, you know, there's no doubt as dominant as Drummond is in the paint, Griffin definitely steals a little bit of that action from him. There's no doubt about it. So um, just not real comfortable going there. Um, on the Cleveland side, if they're big guys uh, in being Love, Nance, and Tristan Thompson on the front line are playing, uh, they should uh, share some rebounding duties and uh, – sort of split up those stats as well. Plus, you know, uh, with the bigs from Detroit grabbing a bunch of that action, uh, it's it's not going to be uh, a real conducive spot for, for Cleveland bigs to get big numbers. Um, and then Cleveland's backcourt. I mean, it's just, you just don't know. I mean, they've got all young guys. Uh, they all share the ball on a given night. You know, it may be Sexton. Uh, Garland's starting to pick it up a little bit. Porter gets action. So all that being said, um, you know, I certainly will use Drummond in, in a GPP because uh, he has potential to break the slate here. But as far as the cash game goes, uh, this is not a game uh, that I am going to focus on. So let's move on to game two. Another 7 p.m. Eastern game. It's the Orlando Magic uh, eight and eleven versus the Washington Wizards six and twelve. We look at pace in this game. The Wizards now have moved into first place for the first time this year as the fastest pace team in the league. A lot of that is because they don't play any defense. They're thirtieth, so they're dead last in defense and number one in pace. If that's not a combination to target Wizards games. Uh, you know, then there isn't ever one to do that. So, you know, in the near future, any Wizards game that's being played, uh, it's going to be a massive pace up for the other team because they're Washington's number one. And they're, you know, the other team's going to be going against the worst defense in the league. Uh, 
which is another big boost. So, you know, does that make this game playable? Sure. You know, you got Orlando, unfortunately, who, uh, you know, is the slowest paced team in the league. So we have the, the number one and the number 30. Uh, so to say it's a pace up game for Orlando uh, is a bit of a, a big statement and a pace down game for Washington can't get bigger than that. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Orlando uh, is ninth. They're playing pretty stingy defense. They are, uh, they are getting it done. So, you know, on the Washington side, uh, number one, they're just not playing good ball. Number two, it's the biggest pace down game ever. And number three, they're going against a pretty sound Orlando defensive team. Uh, even with Vuk out, you know, I think Orlando might even be better defensively because Birch and Bomba get after it, protect the rim. And with Gordon and, uh, you know, uh, the, the rest of the, the squad in there, they're, they're really, uh, they get it done. You know, they're a good uh, shutdown squad. So I'm passing on Washington 100%. Uh, you have to put some Orlando guys in play here just uh, based on the fact that, uh, you know, all those statistics that I was reading, you know, and and it's, uh, you know, it just really a good spot for Orlando to, uh, to have a few guys, 7-8x. Uh, so the question is, which guys? Um, Gordon is back playing solid minutes. Uh, he's been very inconsistent. He has games where he's, you know, 2X and games where he's 6X. So trying to get Aaron Gordon right is like shooting darts at a dartboard. It really is tough. Um, one guy that, that I like as a monster value and has been playing better is Kem Birch. I'm, I'm sort of in the Birch bandwagon until Vuk's back. I think he's getting more meaningful minutes than Bamba. He's definitely offensively can finish at the rim and get some rebounds. Um, and for his price, it's not hard for him to make value at all. So I think you have to consider him. The other guy that I'm going to uh, go with here is uh, Evan Fournier. He's, he's a guy that I like to target uh, in games where they're playing against poor defensive teams because he is ball dominant. Uh, I know with Gordon and Vuk off the floor, he's coming in at about 33% usage, but he's still pretty high up there in the upper 20s with Vuk out. So my focus in this game uh, is going to be uh, Vuk, or I'm sorry, it's going to be, um, excuse me, Fournier, as I said, and Kemp Birch uh, for sure. I mean, you can go... Uh, even deeper, if you want to really stack this game, um, you know, there's there's a couple of boom-bust guys that, uh, you know, that that uh, are options that, you know, can get it done. You know, the question is, you know, hitting them in the right spot. Um, I'm thinking this game, the fact that it's in Washington, you know, it may be a little bit more competitive. And Washington seems to get blown out. Uh, I know uh, three of their last four, they've just gotten obliterated, in, including two games where they were down in the 40s, um, you know, uh, in the second half. So that affects a lot of things, including minutes played for and against, and it skews the numbers a little bit. But 
I really think, uh, you know, this one stays close enough to get a truer uh, look at uh, what what's possible in this game. So um, I would start with those two guys and, you know, uh, watch news as things are going. And you can even uh, maybe step it up with, with one more magic uh, guy. Okay, uh, let's go on to um, game number three. We have the Miami Heat 14 and five at the Toronto Raptors 15 and four. What a great game. Um, although I said that last week when it was Miami and Philly, I was all pumped up for it. And Philly beat Miami by a million. So hopefully this is a great game. I think it will be. Um, Lowry is close to being back. I don't think he is back for this game just yet, but keep that, you know, keep abreast of that news. Um, obviously, with these two teams, you have two fantastic defensive squads that have great uh, schemes defensively, great coaches. I love both of those guys. I think they're top, both top five coaches in the league with Spolster and Nurse. Defensively right now, uh, they're sitting Toronto at second and Miami at sixth. So this, you know, this could be a knockdown, drag out, defensive playoff field type of a game uh, without question. Um, if you look at pace, uh, Miami's sitting 15th, right dead square in the middle. And uh, Toronto is 13th. So you've got two teams playing at a very normal play pace but two teams that can really defend, um, <clears throat> which makes it a lot tougher of, uh, of a play. Um, I do believe that I know that Goran Dragic is out in this game, and I also know that Tyler Hero's coming off his worst game as a, as a pro with uh, two points, I believe. Um, you know, Dragic not coming off that bench makes a huge difference for the Heat because he absorbs a lot of minutes, a lot of usage, and he's been scoring a lot of fantasy points. So it brings, it definitely brings guys like Kendrick Nunn and certainly Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero also into play. Um, you know, it's hard to target guys at Toronto against Toronto's defense. Uh, they have had some higher scoring games although I think this one will stay uh, pretty close. Um, I like the fact that Butler is going to probably guard Siakam. I think that will uh, slow Siakam down a little bit. Um, the guy I'm going to play here, though, is, is Fred Van Vliet. I think Van Vliet has just been incredible. His usage is phenomenal. His minutes played. Everything is plus, plus. Um, you know, when Lowry comes back, it's going to take a big dent out of uh, all those things that I just mentioned for Van Vliet. Not that he'll be uh, not a good play, but it's he's not going to be a smash play like he is right now. Um, the industry hasn't really adjusted completely, to me, to Van Vliet's uh, great play. I mean, his price has gone up, gone up, gone up, but not to the point where he's really valued uh, like some of the guys uh, that I think he's been outscoring on a fairly regular basis. So Van Vliet's one of my favorite plays. Uh, I want to utilize one of the guards from the Heat, and it's either going to be Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero. 
uh, it just it's going to be dependent on uh, salary and what I have, you know, what I can fit in there. None is more expensive than Hero, and you know that roster construction uh, makes a huge difference. Um, you know, as far as the bigs go, I just the defense is just too strong here, in my opinion. I mean, Ibaka's is back now, so you have you know his presence in the middle. Gasol still, you know, an ex-defensive player of the year. Um, and Siakam defends well on Miami side. Ibaka, obviously, Butler and, and, you know, the guys that will be able to guard um, people in the post. Just <clears throat> I think they just eliminate each other here. Um, so I don't think it's a massive DFS-friendly game. It's certainly the game I'm going to watch because I think it's going to be the best game of the night. But uh, like I say, I'm, I'm going to go Van Vliet and then a little correlation on the other side with either Nunn or Hero. All right, a couple things to mention before we go to game four. Um, you know, please, uh, if you have a chance, you know, first of all, you can listen to us every day on fr- free in front of the paywall, seven-day-a-week NBA DFS fantasy podcasts. And, you know, very, very hard to find anything that's, as consistent, as uh, uh, accurate, and, you know, is free above the paywall. Yes, there's some other folks out there that do some good stuff, but, you know, there generally is a pretty hefty uh, price tag with getting some of that information. Um, We are able to bring that forward every day because of hoop-ball.com and uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. So, you know, uh, look us up, listen to us. I know it's part of your day. We've had a ton of tweets coming in, and I really appreciate all the the plus feedback and positive stuff that's been coming in. So keep that up. But, you know, you can listen to us uh, every day where podcasts are heard anywhere, Uh, you know, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, and again, we, we'd ask that you take that extra 15, 30 seconds, rate, review, subscribe, five stars, likes, positive reviews, thumbs up, you know, whatever you can to help continue to promote our show, uh, you know, send us feedback, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we just love to get that information. It helps us build a platform going forward. I mean, we're still... Uh, you know, sort of the new kit on the block. We started this preseason uh, and and went through every single preseason game. We're going to do every regular season and every playoff game. So we're with you literally from uh, beginning to end of the NBA season and want to just help you take down uh, some big GPPs and uh, build your bankroll in cash whatever strategy that, that you bring forward. So um, we appreciate you, uh, you know, jumping on there and uh, commenting, and, and that's very much appreciated. Okay, game four uh, is the Dallas Mavericks, 13-6, and six, coming off that big crushing of the Lakers. Uh, at the New Orleans Pelicans, 6-14. and 14. Uh, Pelicans are start, starting to show uh, a little bit more life. They've been in some games. They had a good win the other day. Um, you know, they're, they still don't have Zion back, obviously. Hopefully he'll be back in January, uh, and then we can see 
you know, what the Pelicans are made of. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting game, though. Dallas is on a road trip. Uh, they've been on the road here for a while, played out west, come back uh, to play at the Pelicans. Um, and this this is going to be an interesting game. It's, it's the TNT game. Uh, you know, Luke is probably going to be the highest-owned guy on the slate. Everybody's, you know, uh, jumping on the Luca bandwagon, and, and it deservedly so. The dude, dude has just been absolutely uh, bonkers. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Um, is this a good play for him tonight? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at it this way. I think Dallas is a much better team than the Pelicans, but they're on a road trip. It's in New Orleans, so it could stay close enough to see a, a, a big minutes game from Luca. Uh, however, I think he's going to get some – Pesky defense. I think Drew Holiday is uh, a really good on-the-ball defender. I know statistically the backcourt for the Pelicans has been atrocious this year, uh, all in all. But a lot of that's be- been because Drew missed like six games. There's been a rotation of guys, so you know I wouldn't heed too much into the statistics there. Um, you know, it, let's let's look at the pace of play in this game real quick. Uh, Dallas is uh, sitting at 19th, you know, so there's they are getting a little bit of Luka iso ball at times that is uh, slowing down their pace just a little bit. And then on the New Orleans side, they're all the way up to fifth. So that's another positive for the, the Mavericks is that it is a big pace-up game for them. Uh, the other positive for the Mavericks is the Pelicans are 26, so they're fifth from last in defense, which will definitely also help Dallas. Um, Dallas is sitting at 17th. They've been hovering in the middle of the pack defensively. Uh, They've had some very high-scoring games along the way, uh, some 130s, upper 130s. So, you know, if this game does take that type of script of being a high-scoring game, this may be the game uh, you need to have. Um, some key guys here in order to take down anything in, in the slate. Um, I think it will be a very popular stack game, uh, being the fact that it's Luca and being the fact that it's a national TV game uh, on TNT. Um, it's not going to be the biggest stack game for me. Uh, I, I like some stuff in these next two games, um, uh, you know, as well. But, you know, I, I think the smart plays in this game, you know, if you're going to use your buy-up chip for Luka, absolutely uh, would say that, you know, there's no way you can say that's a bad play. Uh, the dude's like 30-10-10 average, so it's uh, ridiculous. Um, other plays on the Dallas side, you know, this could be a fantastic matchup for Porzingis. You know, I just don't see the Pelicans having anybody – that can match up with him. I think that, that that creates a really open spot for him for the mid-range jumper uh, and some putbacks and rebounds. I think, uh, you know, they've the Pelicans have struggled uh, on the interior since Kenrich Williams uh, hurt his ankle. He was their best uh, interior defender. And Okafor's been slumped. Favors remains out. So they're talking about, you know, it's looking like their interior defenders, uh, you know, Jackson Hayes, who's a, a younger guy and can be athletic maybe a little bit with uh, 
Porzingis, but I think Porzingis, just his size, and he's actually going to be much stronger uh, than Hayes. So I think Porzingis is a, is a fine play tonight. I think I'm going to go uh, there. I think he can step up and have a good one. I know uh, his minutes, if the game stays close, should be solidified. Um, I think he'll uh, he's really in position to have a good game here. As far as the other peripheral parts of the Dallas lineup, you know, there's a lot of rotation with these guys. Um, I will I will say that Tim Hardaway Jr. had a super super quiet game against the Lakers, but he's been red hot, and uh, you know he's a guy that you may want to consider. Now he's probably going to get some Josh Hart defense, some Lonzo Ball defense, and those guys aren't bad. I know again the defensive backcourt for the Pelicans statistically have been terrible, but those guys are not bad defenders. So you know. Hardaway's price has gone up a little bit too much for my liking, so I'm not going to go there. But I think his minutes and floor are pretty safe. Um, uh, the rest of the guys, there's just a lot of rotation going on right now. You know, are they going to play? Uh, you know, how much is Powell, Kleba, Finney Smith, Jer- uh, Jackson? Um, you know, all these guys are going to rotate. DeLon Wright had a fantastic game in L.A., uh, but again, you can't trust any of those guys' minutes. And Carlisle just plays so many guys, so many minutes. Uh, I wouldn't go there. Uh, on the Pelican side, I'll tell you what. I sort of like. I know it's weird, but I sort of like Lonzo Ball tonight. I just it it feels like the kind of game where uh, you know if he's a hundred percent, and we need to follow that news because I know he's been playing and then sat a little, then played again. But it just seems like the kind of game that, you know, the Dallas defense doesn't match up real well in his size. If he's hitting some shots, I think he's going to get the rest of the stats with rebounds, uh, maybe some steals and even some blocks. And uh, I just, I like Lonzo Ball's potential. I have not rostered him all year, but I think he's, he's a good potential guy. Drew Holiday certainly in play. I think he's a, a really good play tonight if the game stays close. Uh, you know, so I like those two guys. You know, as far as Brandon Ingram, you know, I love I love him. I play him all the time. I just think Finney Smith it does such a nice job defensively, and so does DeLon Wright, so does Justin Jackson. And I think those guys will rotate on Ingram and keep him a little bit more in check. So with his price, I don't think I'm going to pay up. I think I would rather go with two other Pelicans uh, in the backcourt uh, save some dollars there and still get the production. So uh, that's what I'm looking at here. I'm going, you know, probably Porzingis, Holiday, Ball. You know, certainly if I decide my payup spot's going to be Luca, which I don't think it's going to be tonight, uh, but uh, those guys are all in play. Okay, we have two games left. The 8:30 p.m. Eastern game is the Houston Rockets at the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, interesting uh, situation with the Spurs, just stunning. The Spurs are 7-14, and 14, and I believe they've lost 10 in a row, or at least close to that. Uh, the Rockets are 13-6. and six. Uh, We know the Houston Rockets play super fast, second in the league. Uh, they just got passed by Washington, but uh, Houston still at 107.5 is still amazing. Uh, Amazing pace, without question. Uh, they, they get up and down the floor. Uh, the Spurs, on the other hand, are 
16th, so sort of mid-level pace. Uh, you know, that's certainly some concern. Uh, the defensive side, uh, just unbelievable. The Spurs, third to last, 28th in the league. I uh, just can't get over that they're that bad defensively. And they haven't shown any signs of really coming out of it. They just don't defend well anywhere on the floor. Uh, Houston is 15th. They're dead square in the middle. And a lot of reason of that is Westbrook's been Ding it up at the point, uh, shutting guys down. So that is certainly something uh, to look at. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, Aldridge has been dinged up, so we have to watch for player news on him. Um, you know, I think DeMar DeRozan uh, may get guarded by Westbrook just because he's such a good on-the-ball defender right now. If that's the case, then that's going to eliminate DeRozan. I'm going to do a little digging, though, because if, if DeRozan gets any hardened defense, uh, then I think DeRozan is in play without question. So that's going to be dependent on news uh, on which way you want to go that on that side. As far as the Spurs go, I don't like anybody else there. Capella's back, so the interior defense is, is sewn up again. Uh, so, so you definitely uh, don't want to look that direction. Um, my pay-up guy tonight, I think you start your lineup with James Harden. I know it's boring. I know he's going to be highly owned. I don't know if he's going to be higher owned than Luka, though. It's going to be close, I think. I think both those guys are going to be uh, super high owned. But I, I believe uh, Harden's the guy. You know, the, the concern is, does Houston blow them out? Well, it's very, very possible. San Antonio's been getting drilled. But there's two things that come into play with that. Number one, it's in San Antonio. So that helps for sure. And the second thing is, D'Antoni's an idiot. I mean, he plays his dudes so many extra minutes unnecessarily, and then wonders why this team goes in the tank and is tired in the playoffs. I mean, the damn guy played Harden 38 minutes in a preseason game earlier this year. Last game, they were up 50, and he was playing him in the fourth quarter, letting him try to get his career high of 61 or whatever. I mean, like it's some AAU game. I mean, D'Antoni's a fool. I'm sorry, I, I you know, for the Rockets fans out there. His, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so anyway, that being said, they're, they're somewhat a little bit blowout proof. They're going to play their guys extra minutes uh, regardless of the score. So that makes Harden 100% in play for me. Um, you know, I love Capella tonight. I just I need to make sure there's not a minutes restriction or cap on his minutes. Uh, I hope there's not, because if he gets 30 minutes, uh, he should absolutely destroy the interior of the Spurs here. But if he's on a restriction, then, you know, we're going to have to look, uh, look into that a little bit more. I would love to be able to play uh, if, you know, my ideal goal would be able to stack three guys out of this game. If I find that, that uh, Harden is going to play DeRozan defensively, if I can find that information matchup-wise, then I'll roster DeRozan, especially if LaMarcus is out. And then I'd like to follow that on the other side with Harden and Capella. So I'm going to use a lot of my salary in this game, but I think this game could be in the 120s, 130s easy. Uh, and I'm sure the over-under in Vegas will show that as well. So, you know, definitely like to focus on that game. 
Okay, the late night sweat game. Six, six game. Two more games. I'm sorry. We have Lakers, Nuggets, and uh, Blazers, Clippers. So we have a nine o'clock Lakers, Clippers game. Um, it's in Denver. So that always puts a little twist. Definitely a home court advantage for Denver with the altitude. Denver's playing at the 27 slowest pace, of course, because it's Jokic. I know I make fun of them on every show. Bounce, bounce, look back door, bounce, bounce, take a little spin, a little back uh, over the head pass to a guy cutting back door. So there's your whole shot clock. So, yeah, we know Denver slows it down. That definitely hurts the Lakers a little bit. Lakers are only 17th in pace anyway. Uh, they're, you know, they're playing a little bit of two-man ball with LeBron and, and AD uh, in the half-court set. So this shouldn't be a super high-scoring game. Uh, you know, which with the huge salaries of LeBron and Davis and, and Jokic's price is pretty high. Uh, I, you know, that's where I'm not too thrilled to go. So I would much rather use my pay up uh, with Harden uh, or even um, somebody like a Drummond or uh, Beal. You know, those kind of guys, I think, are, are much stronger plays tonight than the the uh, L.A. duo or Jokic as well. Um, from a defensive efficiency standpoint, just to double-check that as, as well, uh, you've got uh, Denver, number one defense in the league right now. So that says a lot. Lakers, number three defense in the league. So... I don't, you know, for those guys, they're going to stack up this game or even spend the kind of money to have a correlation with a Davis Jokic or LeBron Jokic. I just think it's crazy. I just don't see the reason to go there. You've got two of the best three defensive teams in the league. They both play a slower pace, especially Denver. And this game is going to have a lot of significance. Denver thinks they are the bad you know, bad man in town, 13 and four, lot to prove against the 17 and three Lakers team who's coming off a loss. So these two teams should be button heads playing hard. I think it should be a close game, which is good on the minutes, but I just don't think it overcomes uh, the salary. So I think, you know, in a nutshell, you know, I think this game will get quite a bit of ownership. I mean, both teams, they combine for a 30-7 and seven record, so these teams can play. I, I just think that they negate each other too much on the defensive side uh, to, to make value. And I can see this being a, you know, 107-103 kind of game where they, you know, just possession by possession in the fourth quarter where the, they eat clocks. So I am going to pass on this game. If I did have a flyer play, uh, I, you know, Will Barton has been playing terrific lately. Uh, his his uh, level of play has really been up there. So uh, that'd be one flyer guy if you need to uh, fill a spot and you want somebody uh, in that game. Okay, last game of the night, late night sweat, 10 o'clock. It's the only game that starts that late Eastern. It is Portland Trailblazers 8-12 and 12 with the player of the week, Carmelo Anthony, which is amazing, hard to believe and shocking. Uh, against the LA Clippers, 15 and 6. Uh, we do not have any news of any of the Clippers sitting. Um, definitely tune in for that. You never know what they're going to do with, of course, um, Paul George and especially Kawhi Leonard. 
So certainly something to keep an eye on here. Um, you know, that has a lot to do with uh, roster construction for this slate as well. As of this moment, it doesn't look as though anybody's sitting out. So certainly uh, can, can look at this game initially. It is the late TNT game. Uh, should get a little extra ownership boost just because of that. Uh, that makes me a little wary, but uh, let's take a look at this from a pace standpoint. Uh, Portland is ninth, so they're top 10 in the, in the league in, in pace. And the Clippers are eighth, so you got two top tenners. So they're going to get up and down. Uh, you know, they're both uh, over 105, 105, 105.3, and 105.4. So, you know, this should be a game where uh, there are some, some uh, points put up on the board. Uh, the difference here, though, and it's it's a, a pretty vast difference, is Portland is not good defensively. They're 21st. Uh, the Clippers, on the other hand, are 11th, so quite a bit better. Not where you would expect them to be. You know, Clippers with that group of guys uh, should be top number one, really, let alone top 10. But they're 11th. Uh, so that does lend to the fact that there there could be some scoring in this game, <clears throat> and it puts a lot of guys in play. I mean, if you try to game script this, uh, you know, you got Pat Bev that's probably going to guard Lillard. So that's enough to scare me off Lillard. Uh, I think it brings CJ into play a little bit, but, you know, he's been cut into quite a bit by Carmelo. So, you know, from a usage standpoint, Portland was such a fun team before Carmelo joined there because you could count on Lillard or CJ to smash every night. Uh, you know, but now you've got such a, a, a triple usage split here. Uh, and then Whiteside's presence in the inside, he can also do some damage. Um, you know, I don't trust Whiteside, especially with the, the, the interior defense of the Clippers. I think Montrez beats him up a little bit when he gets in there. And uh, Zubach is a big enough body, I think, to, to lay on Whiteside a little bit as well. Um, you know, I, I'm not playing Lillard against Pat Bev. CJ, so let's look at CJ and Carmelo. Carmelo, check out. No thank you because he's going to get Kawhi or Paul George defense. I mean, can you imagine they're both guys on the same team? How'd you like to face uh, split? You got a fresh Kawhi and then a fresh Paul George on you. No way. So uh, Carmelo's off the list. I guess that process of elimination means the guy that that has the best opportunity for you know an upswing here is probably CJ, and you know he he can get hot. I love the the rotation with Portland when they take Lillard out six minutes into the first quarter and let. CJ really run the offense for the, the rest of the first quarter and the first three minutes of the second quarter. So CJ's in play for me. He'd be the one clipper, or I'm sorry, the one blazer that I would play tonight. I think he's a nice play at a fair price uh, that has a pretty, pretty damn safe floor and a, a really nice ceiling. Um, on the clipper side, you know, it's, it's starting to get uh, painstaking. I, you know, do George and Kawhi split smash stats so much and they're both so highly priced that you can afford uh, to take one or the other. It's sort of like the whole LeBron Anthony Davis thing with the Lakers. You know, you have two of the top five or six salaries 
and are both going to always make value, you know, maybe they can both sneak by at 5x. But generally, what's going to happen and what's happening with both of these pairs is one usually makes it and one doesn't. Uh, this last game, for example, Paul George went absolutely nuts in the first half. He had 29 real points and looked like he was on his way to an 80-point fantasy night. But, you know, they flip roles in the second half. Kawhi came out, dominated the second half, actually ended up with more points than George, uh, but they both made value, but, you know, five, five and a half X, which is a lot of points. You need those points, but can you afford both? And if you don't take both, which one do you take? You know, they're going to see defense from Portland of guys like Harkless and nobody that really is going to not heart. Uh, is it Harkless or no, he moved on. He's with the Clippers. So Portland's bigs, they don't have Harkless or Amino. That's why they stink this year is they can't defend those wings. So, you know, both of those Clippers, you know, Kawhi and, and George are in play. Let's face it. I know that's not news to anybody, but Portland doesn't defend that well. Their wings are you're killing them. So playing one of the two guys is probably necessary under these circumstances. I would say, you know, go for it. Um, not positive which guy. Uh, let's look at the news. Let's try to determine, you know, you know, when Kawhi does play, he's been playing really good minutes. So, and his usage has been, you know, low 30s. So you got to look at Kawhi. Paul George can get hot with the best of them in the league. Um, so one of those two guys is in play. There's no doubt. So what I'll probably do in that game is grind out, try to make the choice between the two stud clippers and follow it up with CJ on the other side. So that's it. I think that is the entire slate of seven games. I think it gives you a really good feel for what's out there tonight. Uh, there's a lot of great plays. There's not like just dead chalk that everybody's going to have the same guys. I mean, look at this. We've got, these are the guys we have on this slate. Luca, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Nikola uh, Jokic, uh, Bradley Beal, Andre Drummond. I mean, oh my gosh, what a slate. So, you know, it's not going to be a matter of, uh, you know, guys smashing. It's going to be which guys do you choose? I mentioned almost 15 guys there. They're all going to be probably in the top 20 in salary. And let's face it, you can probably only take maybe three of them at the most, depending on how you spread that out, maybe even two if you're taking two of the more expensive guys. So it's going to be a massively important roster construction. Uh, it's not going to be like some of these other slates where everybody uses the same two or three value pieces and everybody buys up to the two or three main pieces if it's just Luke or just Harden or just Kawhi and George. I mean, these guys are all in play. So I'm loving this slate. I think it's going to be a fun night. Uh, hopefully this uh, breakdown helped you a little bit. Uh, it's still, um, you know, Tuesday morning. So take a listen to this throughout the day. Soak it in. Uh, jump on hoop-ball.com. Click on forums. Go to the DFS thread. I'm going to be putting all the player news up there. Same with Miles and Andy. They'll be 
updating everything throughout the day. That's going to be very key. And then jump on Twitter with all of, of our DFS pros. All four of us will be on there today for questions. We'll be tweeting stuff. We'll be uh, retweeting player news. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And then at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Andrew is at Language Olympic. And Miles is at Miles6565. So uh, that's what I would recommend. Listen to the show, jump on Twitter, follow it up to Locke, and then let's just crush it tonight. So thank you so much for joining me on another edition of Hoopball NBA DFS Today. For all my uh, pro pros, Miles, Andrew, Mike, I am Coach, and we will catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it on DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.